Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is hosted by Adam Ludgate. Adam is a technical leader who is involved in the startup tech community and is enticed by new and innovative ways of solving problems with technology. He has worked previously with the likes of IBM Canada, AOL UK, tech startups in London's Silicon Roundabout, as well as in a variety of oil and gas software firms in various software development and leadership capacities. In this episode, Adam talks with Bode Canada's CEO, Robert Price, and CRO, Alan Kelly. So Adam, take it away. Thanks, Al. Uh, today on the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, I will be speaking with Robert Price and Alan Kelly from Bode. Um, guys, thanks so much for taking the time to join me today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I want to get into Bode. It's something that I'm really interested in talking about. And actually, I was on the... I was a guest on the Rainforest podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I did mention that this conversation was up and coming because um, I was excited about it. So I definitely want to get into that. But before we do that, uh, I'd like to learn a little bit more about each of you. So um, Robert, why don't you go ahead first and, and then Alan, if we can hear about you as well. Yeah, my background is uh, in telecom, actually, combination of land development and telecom, uh, a company called Axia that built fiber optic networks. Uh, we grew the company actually around the world. Um, throughout U.S. and France and Singapore, uh, starting in Alberta, and that company was acquired in 2018 by Bell, which turned me loose to uh, focus focus my energy on this next big initiative. Uh, come from a bit of an entrepreneurial family, the Price family, uh, where we have Sunterra and you know a variety of other businesses in the past. So it's always been a passion of mine, and really excited to be doing what I'm doing, working with Alan and with the team. Great. That's awesome. And Alan, what about you? What's your, how'd, how'd you find your path on, into working with Bode? Yeah, well, uh, so my background, my previous role before Bode was at uh, King, who are the makers of Candy Crush, the mobile game maker. So I was in charge of pricing and commercial effectiveness there. So I worked in tech, uh, in revenue growth. My role at Bode is chief revenue officer. And uh, before that, I had a career eight years in strategy consulting, which is also very much focused on helping tech and travel companies grow their revenues. So some of the, the big names in tech and travel I've, I've worked with. Um, and then obviously joined Bode about, I suppose it's a year and a half ago now. And uh, Rob and I have known each other for a very long time. You're actually university roommates going all the way back 17 years or something now. And uh, so was very excited when he reached out to me and suggested that we start this business. Alan's the night owl. I'm the early riser. <laughs> match me in heaven. We just help each other out, you know? That's perfect. Get around the clock coverage on the business. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Cool. So let's talk about the business. Let's talk about Bode. What is Bode? Uh, what, what, why did you come up with it? What problems does it solve? Let's uh, give, me the, give me the background. Yeah, so the story from, from my perspective is... Going back to this would be 2017, I was selling my home in Kensington and buying my home in Bankview in Calgary and was working with Jeff Jackson, who was a prominent agent at the time. Really, really good guy, really good friend of mine. And 
going through the process, I was, you know, expecting, expecting to have a lot of modern access to your normal kind of online experience and control and convenience, uh, but really did not have that had instead, basically, I was doing a lot of the work to find out pricing to figure out where I want to live, to drive negotiation strategy, to come up with all the strategic ideas on the buy side and also guided on the sell side. And Jeff, at the end of it, printed a $50,000 check. And we're both saying, this is insane. What I what we just went through, the amount of work I did, the amount of work that he did, which is basically highly administrative in the end, um, just didn't make sense for a modern uh, experience. And <clears throat> so, of course, Axie got acquired and then him and I started working on it a couple months after that deal and built out the first two-sided digital marketplace for home transactions. So if you're on the sell side going through, you can list your property online um, all the way to going live with it where we take it and push it across a variety of, of uh, syndicated sites, realtor.ca, our own site, of course. We also digitally market it. So we give you substantial views, 300% more views in the typical uh, process. And then we invite self-represented buyers in addition to agents uh, to come and make offers on your property, which can be done again, all online viewings, uh, messages back and forth, all on platform. And then ultimately the offer, which is automatically put together in a contract that is binding and or has the capacity to be binding and regulated from an industry perspective um, to close the deal. So we we really wanted to take what what we've seen in other industries really work in terms of creating a direct and efficient uh, connection between the buyer and the seller, the two decision makers on a deal and make it available focused on the consumer. Cool. Uh, and so just for just for a little bit of additional background here for people who maybe are listening and have actually never done a real estate transaction before and don't know, you know, what the pain is uh, or pain has been, um, you know, maybe talk a little bit about that and, and what the what those legacy pain points are that you're really specifically alleviating. Yeah, I think what what's happened in the industry in Canada specifically is over the last 30 years, home values have gone up 300% and realtor commission fees have stayed the same at 5%. And technology has also, of course, dramatically evolved in that time. So, so that's created this, this uh, cost challenge where you're doing more, agents are charging more, and the overall value of the service is no longer kind of up to date with what you'd expect in the rest of your life, like travel, um, like hospitality, uh, banking even. So that was, there's a financial challenge and then there's an experiential challenge, which has a buyer and a seller agent involved in every transaction, 90% of transactions in Canada, where you're going through every part of the logistical process, scheduling and um, viewings and all the interactions that happen all go from, you know, back and forth and ping pong back and forth between four people where the vast majority of those, and in our case, all of them can simply be 
automated and put online in a convenient and and normal way that you, you'd expect um, in your life. So we've, we've taken on the typical four to five percent in Canada commissions where one percent and only when you sell. So 75 percent less. And then uh, on the experiential side, we've we've gone to modern standards and really applied that in a way that we think is really intuitive and elegant and easy. And so far, our customers have, have said the same, which is really exciting. Yeah, I mean, when you talk to buyers and sellers, generally what you hear after they've been through a traditional transaction is it was really expensive. You know, they paid out a lot in commissions and it was really complicated. It seemed needlessly complicated. Um, so th- those are really the things we've tackled. Try make it far less expensive, you know, much more affordable. We'd get rid of some of those transaction fees and make the process super simple so that people just know what to expect. They have a timeline. They know what's going to happen next and they can do it all themselves kind of comfortably and confidently. That's, that's ultimately we're trying to make it, make it simple as possible for people. Yeah, for sure. And, and I know that that seeming complexity is definitely, a, you know, a barrier to entry. And a lot of people say, well, this is just too, there's too much legal stuff here. I don't, I'm too scared to touch this. And yeah. And, and the reality of it is, you know, yeah, there's, there is stuff to be aware of. And sometimes there are complex situations, but the reality is, is a high percentage of transactions, which are stock standards, right? There's, there's not much, not much to say. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the industry in some part has led people to believe it's more complicated than it is. And, you know, there can be some complicated situations like, like you suggest, but like so many other industries, the vast majority of transactions are quite simple. And when you have the right information at the right time, and that's really what it's all about, right? Getting just the info you need at just the right time to be able to move the transaction forward. And, and that's exactly what Bo tries to do. Yeah. So, and Alan, you and I had spoken about this previously is one of the things I really struggled with is, is that kind of um, tightly controlled data, right? That, that pain point for, for people wanting to make a transaction as well. What, what is the data? What do the comparables look like around my, where I'm selling from or where I'm buying? And, and, you know, that being, having access to that data is a, is a big deal for people wanting to make a transaction. So, you guys have got that, right? And part of your experience is that the seller can go and look at all that, or sorry, rather the buyer can go and look at all that. Um, or perhaps the sellers can as well. I guess they can because they need to know um, where they're placing their pricing, right? So yeah. as part of that, you would have to get access to that data, right? Um, through typically, which is done in the MLS. So I'd like to hear more about that process. You know, what hurdles did you have to overcome to make all that happen? And uh, what yeah. did that all look like? Yeah, exactly. You've hit the nail on the head there. You know, a, a lot of people, when they start thinking about buying or selling, the first thing they want to know about is what have other homes sold for recently? And not just the list price, but what have they sold for? And in the past, that was information you could only get from a realtor. You'd have to, you know, speak to a realtor and ask them to send you that information. So what we've done um, is we've just made that information available to everyone on our website. Uh, bodecanada.com. You can go there. You can look up what any home in Alberta sold for over the last 10 years. You can do all of your own analysis. You can look at just certain communities and look at the pricing trends over time, look at supply and demand. So you can do all of that work with full access to the data yourself on our website, which then really gives people the comfort and the information, as we talked about earlier, to just do the transaction themselves, right? They're comfortable with, well, this... is the right price to offer or this is the right price to list at 
and here's what I think my home is worth. All of that can be found kind of on, on our website. So in, in terms of getting access to the data, one thing I don't know if we touched on already, but we, we are a licensed brokerage. So we're licensed to operate in all 10 board regions in Alberta. So anywhere in Alberta, we um, can help people buy and sell real estate. Uh, so as a licensed brokerage, we all have the same access to the data as, as traditional realtors do. But um, we obviously are much more of a tech company. So we are try we, we take the data from MLS, which has been a difficult process. You know, you've got to, you're taking data from multiple boards, you're trying to clean it and consolidate it and make it all make sense together. Um, get, getting access to that data is time consuming and uh, I guess long detailed process. But once you've got it, um, you're able to do some amazing things with it, right? And we've spent a lot of time trying to build out dashboards and tools that simplify it for people so that, you know, they, they don't have to be mathematicians themselves to figure this out. They just want to look at the key trends and be served up the right information. So that's, that's what we've done. And I think that's really the difficult part of it, right? You can, you can get access to all the data in the world, but it's being able to have it served up to you in a way that's easy for you to understand is, is the key part. And that was a big, a big reason for Alan joining the team, one of many, but he is a mathematician. So an economist and a mathematician by trade. So it's really taking the hard science and the actual economic factors and putting them into a concise format. As Alan mentioned, the industry has primarily worked off individual agents experience, more the soft science, more localized within a specific community historically. And there's some value there. Um, but by doing it this way, by accessing this information directly, there's no manipulation. There's no color on it. It is literally what's going on in the market, which is the way the market actually functions. So you create, you create that objectivity. And then when it comes to a deal between a buyer and a seller, they get to look at that same information. So it's not a sell agent talking to their seller and a buy agent talking to their buyer with two sets of information and you turn into what turns into a more emotional, more cyclical process with more moving pieces, you're both looking right at the same information. So it, it kind of cuts to the chase and makes our deals much more efficient um, than the market. That's what we've seen so far. Our deals are, we, we sell faster and more often uh, than the rest of the market. Yeah, and I can just imagine myself, you know, being on either side of the fence of a transaction and saying, okay, here's a here's a house on this street in this neighborhood, and here's the data around it. And both the buyer and the seller are looking at exactly the same thing and they're trying to decide, well, let's come to an agreement on the price. Well, that, you know, as you say, that becomes a lot easier because they're they both have the same information right in front of them at the same time. Yeah. So it's got to make it oh yeah, as you say, close close the gap on on the price agreement really quickly, right? It's like, well, I, the house is worth this because clearly it's very obvious. Yeah, instead of instead of debating this house versus that house, you're saying, well, this has a this has granite countertops, and this other one has a back patio, and you're down to those nuances. So the the margin is now narrowed so much that you're starting from a, a place where a deal can be done. And we're able to do lots of other great things with that data too. So, for example, there's some statistics that blow most people's minds like the fact that 50% of all listings don't actually sell. I think people have this idea that, you know, you, you list your home for sale and that nine times out of 10, you know, it happens. And that's, that's not true. And so 
what we do is we try to give people the best possible chance of selling by arming them with a bunch of data throughout their listing. So, you know, after you've been listed with us for a week, you'll have had so many inquiries or so many showing requests. And we'll tell you exactly how that benchmarks against the average home that's listed. So you've been on for a week, you've got two showing requests. Is that, is that good? Is that bad? We'll tell you exactly how good it is. Is it in the top 25%? If so, you can be confident that you've set a good list price. Um, if you're, you know, you've had no showings and you're performing very poorly against the average, then you might want to think about changing your, your list price or maybe working on the description of your home or some of the photos or other things that we can work with you on. So um, by giving people, again, that, the right information as they go through the process, they're able to be far more likely to be successful. That's interesting. And I wonder, I'm just curiously wondering out loud if the MLS offers anything like this internally to, you know, the real estate agencies uh, that are using it if they get these kind of analytics and they can, you know, leverage that as value to their clients. Yeah, I'm not, not sure about the answer there, but it, certainly from our research with consumers, buyers and sellers, we, we never hear of them getting that kind of information from the realtor. It's far more, far more anecdotal, far more gut feel and far more just based on, you know, the, the few deals that that realtor has done recently. Yeah. And so the, the kind of tech data side of me is wondering a little bit more about this. You know, you said you're a, a licensed brokerage. Was there any hurdles that you had to overcome from a, I guess, legal perspective where, where uh, the MLS or the governing bodies around this data said, well, yeah, you can have access to this data, but for you to republish this publicly is prohibited or whatever. Did you have any, any hurdles in that, in that situation? Our, our regulatory status is a, what's called a mere listing provider. So it's a, it's a designation that's been around for 20 years. Um, so it's it, what we're prohibited from doing is providing advice to clients um, so we have to, we can provide tools, we can provide data, but we can't provide them advice and tell them what to do with pricing, tell them what to do, uh, with how to sell their home or how to buy a home, which is great because we don't want to do that anyways. We actually just want to empower buyers and sellers with the data, with the tools so they, they can do it themselves. And of course, we're there to answer questions and clarify and, and support throughout, but um, so, so our status has been, has been around for a while and it really hasn't, uh, we haven't seen any significant issues. Uh, they do make us, the regulatory bodies do force us to put this information behind an account. So, whereas we would typically, we would just make it available without the need for an account. That's one of, one of the hooks. And there's some other some other limitations like that. Um, but on the whole, you know, we're, we're fully, of course, working within the rules and, and can still deliver a great customer experience. We're just doing it with a different model that's not been done before within this regulatory format. Yeah, and, and a different team to, to Rob's point, which is if you think about how a traditional real estate brokerage would be organized, they have realtors and they have some admin support. And the, the team we've put together at Bode looks very different, right? We've got, we've got lots of tech people. We've got developers. We've got a lot of capability on the marketing side. We've got um, people who can do the analytics. Uh, so you've just, we've got data scientists. We've, got, we've just got a totally different makeup to a traditional real estate brokerage, which allows us to do very different things. Yeah, that was the thought when we put together the team. Is So Jeff, as per my initial story, Jeff is our broker. And he sold out of his brokerage and joined us as as the broker and and founder, of course. 
Uh, and But he's the only one with real estate, specific real estate experience. All the rest of us come with a totally fresh perspective and start from scratch. And if you were to start today without any baggage or any of the challenges you'd have if you've been in the industry for many years, what would you actually build? What would you what would you create from a customer focus, customer centricity, as we like to say, uh, in our organization or in the market? And so that's what we've we came up with Bode from that standpoint and specifically staffed it, knowing that this model was totally different and totally focused on uh, empowerment and support and data and automation, as opposed to uh, kind of the peer-to-peer sales that the typical broker, you know, the the human sales, I should say, world that it has been for many many decades. Yeah, and so anecdotally, I can say I've I've actually shared your um, shared your product out with a number of people in my social circles, and feedback has been very positive. Um, Great. Awesome. And one guy actually. Al Del Deegan, who who is kind of the champion of this podcast, actually used Bode to to do a transaction. I think last year at some point. But um, so I think you know from what I can see, your your product is very well received by the general market. But what I'm curious about is um, what has the feedback been from the real estate industry? You know, I mean, you must have connections to you know, traditional realtors. How do they feel about your product? Do they feel that you guys are actually adding benefit to what they're able to deliver? Do they feel like it's a threat? What it, what's the feedback you get there? It's a bit of a mixed bag, um, but to me, quite a bit more positive than I had originally anticipated. You know, we're not setting out to end agents' role in the real estate industry. We're not motivated by that. We're motivated by focusing on the customer and then allowing the customer to choose what they want, what they value in terms of service and expertise to be successful in their transaction. So. We have, you know, realtors are involved in in many of our deals. We have, I think, 300 plus realtor accounts on the site. Um, We've had we've had uh, an agent actually buy a property for themselves using our site, which is which is pretty awesome. And saying that was the best transaction experience he's had uh, a property in Cochrane. So that was. That was pretty cool. We've had some some great feedback that looks like that because if they actually look at it objectively, they are getting a more refined experience. It's simpler. It's it's out of email and and all organized in a in a very very thoughtful and efficient way. So it turns into efficiency gains for them, which allows them to win more clients and and uh, build their book at the same time. Yeah, I mean, like Rob mentions, we've even had realtors using our our data tools, doing their own research using our dashboards, which is great. And you know, we encourage certainly encourage them to do that, and uh, and also realtors using our tools to simplify the offer process because again, we have a whole online suite of tools where you can negotiate back and forth online, and then populate a contract, uh, kind of provincial standard residential purchase contract. So all of that can take place online and it makes the whole transaction much simpler. And we've had realtors use those tools as well with, with great feedback. So, um, yeah, it's been, I, it's, as Rob says, it's mixed. I would say on the most part, it's actually positive, uh, which is great. And, um, yeah, there, there's, there's, I think a lot of great realtors out there who see the value in what we're doing and see the segment that we're, we're targeting. 
their long-term plan is to make the technology available to them as well to raise all tides in the industry. So it isn't, they already can use it when they're involved in the client, but then taking it up a notch and, and making it available to brokerages um, or licensed to direct directly to agents. We see that as a long-term goal. And so, yeah, we've had some growing pains. We've had mainly from confusion agents, agents not understanding how a buyer can just buy online themselves. How does that, how is that possible? How am I, how am I dealing with this person? Um, and similar things, similar interpretations on the sell side. So we always just walk right through the front door. You know, we contact these agents directly. We make sure they understand how the model works. We make sure they understand if they're involved and, and they're set up to be paid, they'll get paid. Um, but, uh, some, there's been some spirited conversations at the same time, but, but as Alan said, overall, it's been, uh, it's been quite positive. That's good. Yeah. That would, I can imagine you might have some, some scenarios with, uh, properties for sale where you've got to navigate a bit of a tricky situation. So, um, good for you guys for, for taking that on. So the, you know, I, I, talk, I want to talk about prop tech in Canada in general, cause you guys are obviously well entrenched in this space. Um, and you know, Rob, as you alluded to earlier, that this industry has been uh, using some rather dated processes for a period of time, and, and it's ripe for um, ripe for innovation and to to embrace technology. So, wanted to be curious about your take on what the what the landscape of prop tech in Canada, or maybe if you want to just speak about Western Canada, but in general, you know, a number of people have taken cracks at trying to solve perhaps the problem that you're trying to solve, but maybe other problems also in this space and. Um, you know, if you see yourselves as kind of a front runner and from a comp- competition perspective and also from, you know, perhaps some other some other um, disruptions in the space that you've seen that you think are, are really positive and might help help the industry as a whole. Yeah, Alan, I can take in this one because uh, there's a lot, lot to talk about. But I think I think historically um, there's been there's been, of course, your traditional brokerages. Then there's these what I call hybrid agencies. So they're they're offering some technology and some agent services kind of in a call center format um, where they encourage you to sell on your own, but they have agents that are there throughout the process. Um, those, that model has actually been around for quite a, quite a while. It's been around for a decade plus. Um, <clears throat> so, so, and then you have us over here on the other side of the spectrum, which is uh, pure, total focus on technology and online experience, of course, with a team that supports you, but take, take that giant leap all the way to, you can do it yourself. You don't have to rely on an agent at all, which is where most of the innovation has gone in PropTech in Canada is finding ways to support innovating the agent's experience. So giving them better tools, um, empowering them with, with better data sets, with, you know, automated locks and, and a variety of things that are, that can make their life easier in their agent experience. <clears throat> so that's, that's where most of the world has gone. That's including the U S looks quite similar to Canada and they kind of end up in this, to me, the hybrid concept where you still, where you have some, some tech and, and an agent, you still require an agent at every step of the process. So you don't get the efficiency gains and the control um, that you really 
we believe a significant part of the market is really excited about. And you don't get the local, actual local agent advantage either. So you're kind of in this, this awkward spot. So by us going all the way to the wall and saying, let's go all the way to investing in that online experience and building an organization that's focused on empowering people that way, that also makes us really lean and allows us to price as aggressively as we do uh, to be amongst the, the lowest cost options. But we set out to build an experience where customers would buy that, would would use us even if it was the same amount of money. And just so happens that we're, you know, 75 to 80% cheaper at the end of that process. So I think the world, I think we are, as far as we've seen in, in our international research, we're the first full two-sided marketplace in real estate anywhere, uh, which is really exciting statement to make and certainly in Canada and would be in the U S as well. So the other Alan. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the other, um, just part of the prop tech space right now, that's getting a lot of interest and, and getting a lot of that investment from venture and private equity funds is, uh, I buyers. So these are the guys who will give you a, a cash offer on your home, um, so you don't have to list it and take it to the market. Um, but of course, the challenge with that is that they're only able to serve a, the, a part of the market, you know, within a certain price range where they've got lots of data. So they can only serve, you know, urban areas where there's loads of comparables so that they can be very confident that their model is giving them a price that they can buy at and be sure that they can sell it on and make more money. And the challenge there is that effectively what they're trying to do is they're, they're trying to maximize their own profits by buying as cheap as possible. So giving consumers as low offers as they can and still have the consumer accept it and then sell the home on for its true value, right? At a higher price. So what's nice about our marketplace model is that actually, again, going back to so much of what Rob said is that we're just trying to create the best experience for the consumer and the best experience for the consumer isn't selling your home cheap and have someone else sell it on for a high price, right? It's, it's you actually realizing the value of your own home. So that's, that's really what we're trying to do. And we feel because of that, you know, that we're focused on all parts of the market, right? Our proposition works, whether you're urban or rural, or whether you've got a high price home or a low price home. Um, we feel like we're able to help people sell and um, have a great experience, save a lot of money and get the most out of their home transaction. Another, another part of that, or maybe a final part of that is just the innovation that's going into uh, virtual tours and photos and 3D imaging and everything uh, that all the tools and mechanisms to allow people to feel like they're virtually viewing a property or viewing a property virtually. Um, that's, there's significant venture money going in that direction. And, and of course we just partner with those guys, anybody that has the latest and greatest tech will, will include it in our experience so that our customers can benefit from it. Um, but that is a growing trend. Of course, COVID accelerated that trend of not, uh, not needing to see the property as often in some cases at all, but certainly overall less in total. And I think that, that, will will continue on the trend that it is even post pandemic hopefully hopefully it ends soon but that's uh i think that's a sustainable change that we're seeing 
Cool. Yeah. And I've just realized we've managed to have a 30 minute conversation without talking about COVID until now. So that's, <laughs> that's really good. good, right? But, but it, but it begs the question, COVID impact on your business. You know, you alluded to a little bit there, but uh, I'd love to hear more. Alan, do you want to take that one? Yeah. So, I mean, well, we've been one of the lucky beneficiaries, I guess, from COVID. Our growth really took off in March and April of 2020 when COVID hit, as suddenly lots of people were looking for new ways of doing more of their home transaction online. And uh, particularly with our builder clients, so that's where we we don't just list homes for consumers. We also list and sell homes for new home builders and developers as well. And uh, you know those those guys had to keep selling homes during COVID. You know, if you're selling your own home and COVID hits, you think, well, maybe you'll wait this out. Uh, but if you're a new home builder, you need to keep selling homes because it's your business. And uh, when when that happened, we had been talking to a number of builders for some time, and a lot of them at that point decided to give us a try. And since then, we've, we've had a lot of success with them and with consumers, um, helping them, I guess, list and sell their homes. So we're now working with over 20 of uh, the most successful builders here in Alberta and uh, adding more builders all the time. And uh, we've had some really wonderful partnerships there where they've helped us shape and improve our product as we go, uh, which is something that we're very passionate about, which we haven't talked about much yet, but we, um, we kind of keep our customers very close and, and try to have them, what we say is we give them a seat at the innovation table, which means we're, we're listening very carefully to all of the feedback that they're giving us and we're constantly improving our service and our product and our tech based on their, on their feedback. So, um, yeah, one of the lucky beneficiaries from COVID and we've had a lot of growth since then. Um, we haven't really touched on the timing of that. So maybe I'll talk about that. So we had, we launched about a year and a half ago, uh, with our first uh, iteration of our product and service. And, um, we, had a slow but steady growth kind of leading up to March and April. And that's really when it took off. And since then, we've grown into being uh, one of the top 10% of real estate brokerages in the province uh, based on the value of property that we have listed for sale. So we've got lots lots of listings um, and we've done a, a lot of transactions. We've, we've done over 80 transactions in the last six months alone. Um, so if you think about what a traditional realtor might do in a year, I think the average works out as Rob, it's like one, one transaction a year, the average realtor does. Um, so compared to that, right, we are doing a lot of, a lot of deals and we've got a lot of data to work with. And the other, the other aspect of COVID that we we're lucky again was we were a distributed work model for the first year um, that we launched this business. So we had, we were all used to working remotely, have all our tools, all of our operations, everything's all set up to work. Uh, not in the same place, even though we all really like each other. Uh, we're just keeping our costs down. And then right as we were about to jump into an office, COVID hit. So we've been in and out of the office <laughs> since then. But but it really allowed us to really not have a hiccup in terms of everything that we're working on and could just keep rolling because we we're, we're well-versed in working in that model. Yeah, it's fortunate. Good for you. And then so the... Um... Your, your customer base, you talked a little bit about with there, Alan, and the, and the transactions you've had in the recent period of time. So you guys, I know you're for, you're definitely in Alberta. Sounds like you're talking about U.S. possibly and Canada um, as a whole. Is that is that kind of on the course and where do you sit along that path? 
Yeah, so we're, as, as we said, we're everywhere in Alberta right now, and we're looking to expand to more cities across Canada this year. So we're, we're very excited about that, and we're working on it at the moment. Um, looking to the future, yeah, absolutely. The U.S. might be an option for us, um, and certainly expanding to cities there. Um, we'd, we'd be excited to do that. Uh, our growth in Alberta has been fantastic. So we're really focused now on making sure we continue that growth here in 2021, continue to have more listings and more sales, and continue to improve our our uh, the percentage of listings that we actually successfully sell for our customers and uh, and then making sure that we can repeat that success in other cities across Canada. So that's um, that's our focus for 2021. Well, one of the things I'm interesting, interested to see as well, if what happens with your, with your service is that I think the difficulty in making a transaction is a barrier for a lot of people where they, they might not want to do a transaction just because of the, of the pain of it. And if you if you guys are you know removing a lot of those pain points pain points, making it cheaper, making it faster, making it easier, will that actually impact the liquidity of the real estate market? You know, um, are people be a little less skittish about putting their money in homes or moving their money in and out of homes? I'd be really, I mean, I know it's early days, right? Business is not that old, but um, time will tell. But I'd be very curious to see if that has an impact. Yeah, well, to Rob's point earlier, the average transaction in Canada. Uh, pays out a commission of somewhere between three to 6% of the value of the home in realtor commissions. So every time you move home, you're losing three to 6% of the value of your home. So that's something that really motivates us is that we can really help people move home more often and find homes that are a better fit for them. You know, oftentimes people end up having to stay in a home because it's just simply too expensive and they lose too much equity to move home. So yeah, that's something that we find very inspirational to think that we could help people move more often, find homes that they prefer, and actually, as you say, create more liquidity in the market, which ultimately benefits everyone in the market. Yeah, and, and going south of the border, it's actually even worse. It's e- even higher commissions, six to seven percent commissions, um, and and similar options that you have to deal with down there. So uh, it is. It is a pervasive challenge in North America. Um, how do you, how do, uh, and especially from an economic standpoint, the wealth creation and wealth, I guess, retaining in a in a transaction. You know, if you're talking about a million dollar place in in Toronto with a twenty with two hundred thousand of equity, and you sell it and you sell it with at five percent, with the, which would be typical. And one percent with us—that's forty thousand of equity, which is significant money. But it's you know thirty percent almost of your total equity goes to the towards those commission fees. So it really is significant from an economic perspective. And now, as Alan said, one of the big passions that we have is is you know having people be able to repurpose that money, whether it's through you know, it's a college education or in some cases it's a car or it's um, upgrading the house they just bought because they bought it for free using our platform. So certainly a big motivation for us. Cool. Super interesting. I'll be watching closely to see what happens. Um, I'm very curious. So, um, so and then a longer term outlook on, on the impact on real estate. You know, what do you guys think that your solution and other solutions might have? You know, what do you feel... Um, in five to 10 years from now, what do you think 
the average transaction is going to look like, right? I, I've done a couple of transactions myself over the years, and a lot of it has been uh, signing and putting my initials and going to coffee shops with realtors and sending faxes. And you know, the, any anyone who's been done a transaction in the last number of decades would have already experienced this. Um, what do you think of the average transaction is going to look like? Yeah, we, we'd like to think it looks a lot like how our transactions look right now, right? Which is they're super easy. They're, a lot of them are done far more online. Um, you've got a, a much more control over the process and buyers and sellers feel like they understand it and they know what's coming next and they feel like they're driving it. Whereas if you ask people now, they'll say, you know, they kind of, feel a bit like a passenger and they weren't as in control of it as, as, as they would have liked. Um, I think commissions will have to come down over time, you know, the three to 6% commissions that get paid to realtors, I just don't think are sustainable in the long run. And we'd like to be at the forefront, I guess, of, of that and helping people drive those commissions down and, um, helping them save money on their transaction. Um, and I think, like you said, there'll be some improvements to the very end of the process as well. So when it comes to closing and legal documents and working with a lawyer, we've we've tried to tackle parts of that right now. But you still do still, of course, need a lawyer at the end of the process to sign off on the paperwork and do the conveyancing. Um, I think a lot of that's going to move online too, and you're going to have uh, the ability to be able to notarize or need to do the, all of that without having to meet in person. So. Um, yeah, I think we, we're we very much trying to drive the innovation in this experience and uh, and make it a better one for everyone involved. Yeah, I think a couple more things on top of that. I think the agent's role is going to evolve. It's not going to go away. It's going to evolve into more of a strategic consultative role. So helping on negotiations, helping on how to stage your home, you know, the, the nuances and the more intellectually challenging uh, capacities that they or value that they bring to the table and then automate all the rest of it. And that actually makes that's actually better for both parties, for people that still believe that they want an agent. Uh, they can get it in, in that in a high value capacity and then all the rest is under their control. And so you get the best of both worlds on the agent side. They're spending less time you know, booking showings and driving around and, and middlemanning text messages and phone calls. They're actually now just being brought in to provide their expertise and experience at the right point in the deal. So I think that's where it has to go because, um, you know, that's the nature of technology. And especially when you consider 40% of the transaction market is now millennials where we've all, we've grown up with the internet. We already buy online you know, we were totally familiar with this and the rest of our lives. Um, that no evolution will have to happen in that respect. I think also on the actual home transaction at the end of the deal that Alan alluded to, I think blockchain is going to play a role in that, especially when you have peer-to-peer transactions like we we enable and and have had. That's that will create an automatic opportunity to just simply sign sign off property and and transfer money ideally without anybody you know needed to be in the middle of anything there and all the contracts and everything that goes with it is all just encapsulated in that exchange of funds um so i i see that happening that might be longer than five to ten years off as the norm but there, there is investment in that space 
I think blockchain is well suited to deal with it. So our model overall is designed to make the transaction engine really efficient. And then all these other innovations that happen around us, we pull those in and just add them into our value chain so that we've got the most, continue to have the most innovative and, and kick-ass experience. And uh, coming back to the theme, and you know, this podcast is centered around the rainforest Alberta, and um, so curious of you know how people can interact with you if they want to learn more about Bode. Um, you know, do as a consumer, you know, BodeCanada.ca. I think you already mentioned is, is where they go to sign up and check out the product. Um, what if they're an investor and they're interested? Are you guys looking for investors? Are you hiring? How can how can we help you? So it's BodeCanada.com. Um, I think we're actually moving that to bode.ca. So you're half, <laughs> you're half right. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> and, and we've got, we've got all the, all the social media channels, LinkedIn and, and Facebook and Instagram, of course. Um, we are fully funded. We took a bit of a unique approach with this business where I just saw that it was such a, such a, obvious timing of this kind of service and many people have played that back to us they're like finally somebody's actually done this i it just makes sense it's it's time that this kind of solution exists so we kind of as opposed to starting really slow and one or two of us you know bootstrapping a mvp and and getting into a six to 12 month kind of trial period i started with a full team and a full board and uh that's allowed us to really accelerate everybody's invested on the leadership team. So everybody's highly, highly incentivized to make it successful, super passionate about, about the impact that it can have and elevating the industry and offering this option. Um, so we're, we are, we are funded and we do get, we do get requests often to invest and definitely take them as a compliment. But at this point, uh, for the foreseeable future where we have the capital that we need. Cool guys. Well, uh, thanks for making the time today. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and, um, yeah, I would, I'll just give you an opportunity here to add anything else you want to chat about. Um, otherwise we can, we can wrap it up. Uh-huh. Um, I guess from my side, some last thoughts would just be about, uh, maybe coming back to the, your question about the future of real estate and, uh, looking at how real estate in Canada is versus other parts of the world. Um, I guess in Canada, there's very high commissions. That's something that's quite different to where I'm from in, in Europe. I'm from Ireland, but I've spent most of my career in the UK and Scandinavia. And over there, um, the commission rates are, are about half of what they are here in Canada. And a big part of the reason for that is because there is only one uh, realtor in every deal in Europe and that's a listing realtor. So there are no buy side realtors in Europe, which cuts out half the commission effectively. So I think, and another big difference between Canada and and Europe in terms of the, um, is access to real estate data. So in most countries in Europe, you can look up the sold prices for any home that you want and you can do your own analysis, maybe not as easily as we've made it on our website, but, uh, I think that's a big driver of it as well, right? With Without having that sold data, you are still somewhat reliant on a realtor to help you with the transaction. But when you're armed with the data and when you're armed with a, a tool as, I guess, as simple as ours, um, 
we feel like there'll be a lot of people out there who will choose to do the transaction without the realtor. Um, so yeah, we're excited to bring that innovation to Canada and, and continue to lead the charge on that for the coming future. Maybe one other thing is our, uh, our signage is, is pretty cool. It's if you're driving around town or around anywhere in Alberta, you're, you'll probably start to see these signs. Uh, it's a augmented reality blue pin drop sign where you pull your phone out and hit the sign with this, with our app and it will shoot up fireworks to start. And, and then also the price of the property and, and some of the key attributes of it with the most important point being, you can click to go straight to the listing and get all the information that you need in terms of specifics, as well as interact directly with the seller and book a viewing if you're, if you're a motivated buyer. So that's, that's kind of going away from the picture of a realtor's face or a phone number or a wooden sign all the way to creating and, and consistent with our the ethos of the business, direct connection to the important information, um, all digital, all, all online, which is where over 90% of the market already is. Um, so keep your eyes out for our blue signs. They're pretty cool. Yeah, I will. Definitely. That sounds really cool. Um, and Alan, I appreciate you sharing the the comment there about, about Europe. You know, I think it's good for listeners who don't maybe know about uh, real estate outside of Canada to get some perspective of, of where we sit and, you know, the fact that we're bringing these to innovations to Canada and, and help us kind of bring us up to more uh, standard practices is, is good for people to be aware of. So, yeah. And ultimately lead the way we hope. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Well, thanks so much guys. Really appreciate you making the time and uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks to you, Adam. Really appreciate being on here and love the work that you're doing and appreciate you uh, having us in on and giving us the, the time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Let's do it again. All right. We'll do. <laughs> check in. We'll check in how you, after you've disrupted the market in a couple of years. Deal. Great. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is brought to you by Community Now Magazine. Engage, inspire, educate together. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.